0: and we are just so glad to have him back. Please, would you welcome to the stage, David Auckland. Um, Right, hi, hello. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about a condition that I was diagnosed with about four and a half years ago. Um, When I found out what it was it kind of explained to me a catalogue of embarrassing situations and scenarios that I could trace back almost as far as I could remember. And as a result of those, it had created these boundaries that I had drawn which affected the way that I reacted socially with people, um, in particular, how I managed to deal with with new friendships and new acquaintances. What I was told that I'd got was prosopagnosia. Now, does anybody actually know what that is? Did you? Good. So what is it then? Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) what it really is, it it comes from the Greek. Um, Prosopon in Greek means face and agnosia means ignorance. So prosopagnosia is actually facial blindness. Now, it's, it's quite common. It um, Apparently, it affects about 2% of the population. So that's one in 50 of us. Um, it's... Sorry, bear with me. Um... A lot of people, when they when I tell them I've got prosopagnosia, they say, "Oh yeah, of course, I'm I'm like that. I'm terrible with names." And I say, "No, because uh, prosop prosopagnosia is is not a memory problem. If if you're terrible with names, it, it's memory, and you can be taught tricks to, to deal with that. Prosopagnosia is actually a recognition problem." Um, If you think about animals in the wild, pack animals, uh, herd animals, a lot of them have got really highly uh, developed sense of smell, and they use that to identify each other. That's why dogs are always sniffing around at each other's bums. But for the primates, in in particular chimpanzees and humans, we've actually developed um, a special area in the brain, um, which is to do solely with with recognition. And unfortunately for a chimpanzee with prosop agnosia, in the wild it will probably always prove fatal. Because a chimpanzee in the wild needs to be able to recognise and identify the members of its own troop. So if it goes off and approaches a chimpanzee from the troop of a rival, a rival troop, then it will almost certainly be attacked, repelled, or even killed. And if that chimpanzee can't recognize the members of its own troop, then it will become isolated, it could starve to death, or it could be killed by a predator. Now, obviously, for humans, it's not quite such a problem. Although some sufferers of prosopagnosia do have difficulty recognizing even close friends or members of their own family. There, There are one or two that wouldn't even recognize their own face in a mirror. Now for the rest of us, we're normally okay at recognizing people that fall into two categories. The first one are those people that have got really pronounced distinguishing facial features. So I'm talking about the people that have got the really big crooked nose, um, perhaps the big sticky out cauliflower ears, or crooked or missing teeth, or a big scar across their cheek. other group are the opposite, they're, they're the, the, the beautiful people. The people that have got perfect and striking facial features. Which sort of reminded me why when I was at school, I had this habit, I would only try and chat up the really good looking girls. Um, it's a phenomenon which I believe is called attempting to punch above one's weight. <laughs> but that's not what I was doing. That The fact was that the girls that I could recognise and remember were the ones that were really good-looking. Um, so you can remember the really good-looking people, you can remember the really characteristic-looking people. It's the 90% of people that are in between that we have the problem with, they're the ones that to us are completely forgettable. Um, so the severity of that, um, yeah it's fine but I mean I was, I was lucky, um, I went to university uh, to study pharmacy and when I was there I was lucky, I did meet a really beautiful girl. Um, she was doing the same course as me. And we were thrown together um, and we spent a lot of time doing chemistry practical classes together. So that gave me a chance to get to know her. And after a while we fell in love. After that we got married. I think I've mentioned this in a previous true story. Um, We got married, we had two kids and we had 25 years together. Until in 2007, um, she got cancer and died. Um, And that's why I'm a little bit emotional today, because incidentally today is actually the the 12th anniversary of her passing. Um, So it's been a difficult day for me and for the children. Um, We respect her, we still love her, although we do rather irreverently refer to today as Dead Mum Day. Um, but one thing that I will tell you about Jan is that she was the complete opposite of me. She is what we call a super recognizer. So if Jan was to go into a crowded room full of people, she would immediately be able to split that room into three groups. there would be the, the people that she had met before and recognized... They'd be the people that she recognised but had never actually spoken to. And they'd be the people that she knew that she had never seen before in her life. But one of the things that she was really good at was that if there was somebody in that room that she had not seen for perhaps over a year, and that she may even have spoken to once, she would have the certitude and the confidence to go right up to that person and say hello. And that's something that I had never been able to do. Fortunately, as a couple, a lot of the social events that we would go to, we would go to together. And we developed a technique where she would be able to to help me out. So whilst I would be looking completely blank at the room, she would be feeding me prompts. And if she saw me making a complete tit of myself, she would come and rescue me. When I was at work in the pharmacy, there was a trick I used, um, which helped me a lot. And it was helped because a lot of the regular customers would come in holding a piece of paper with their name written on it. It It's their prescription. So I developed this technique where I was perpetuating an illusion of being able to, to greet them by name as though I knew exactly who they were. Um, where I would let myself down would be when I'd have to go up to the counter to give advice. And I would have this sort of generic greeting. Hello, how can I help? Which is great, unless it happens to be a really close friend or a member of your own family. Um, I guess, you know, if we all wore name badges, it would be great help to somebody that was pro agnostic. Um, unfortunately, with failing eyesight, um, those name badges would now have to be quite big and the print would have to be in fairly large type. Anyway, the, 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 the way that I came to find out about this, this diagnosis was about seven years after Jana died. Um, the children had both gone to uni- university. They'd left home. I'd given up work. And I finally decided to get myself some bereavement counseling. Up until that time, I'd been so busy trying to keep all the balls in the air, juggling, that I hadn't really found the time to do it. I should have done, but I hadn't. Anyway, at, at one of those sessions, um, I'd mentioned how I'd found it really difficult to make new friends or to start new relationships. And the subject of facial blindness came up and they very kindly put me in touch with some researchers at the University of Bournemouth who arranged for me to be tested and I did the tests, the results came back and surprise, surprise, I'm 40% percent pro agnostic. So I had a definition, I knew what it was, um i could start to perhaps try and develop a strategy to work around this there's there's no cure i mean memory you can be taught tricks to to bring the memory back but with prosopagnosia it's something you've got you've you've got to live with it so what they told me to do was to to stop trying to just focus on somebody's face um, but to try and build up a more holistic image of people so Although these are things that that change, I was told to sort of try and remember what people were wearing, what sort of clothes they wear, um, what sort of hairstyle they've got, what sort of jewellery they wear, um, whether they're wearing a bionic exoskeleton. Um, Simon! (laughs) Um, See, it works. Um, The other thing that I found I was quite good at was, was remembering voices. Um... So I could build that into the profiling. Um, So that is basically how I have torn away at those boundaries um, and I have sort of gradually worked away around it and and living with this this condition. So in conclusion, um, I still have confidence issues. So if, if you do see me again out and about Um, I'll probably be skulking in the shadows, either in the corner or up against a wall. Um, If I don't come across and say hello to you, then I'm sorry. I mean, there may be a real genuine explanation. I may not have actually seen you. But I may have seen you, and I may be a little bit, is it them? Is it not them? Do I go over and say hello? Do I not? Uh, And I probably wouldn't. Um, So what I'm saying is, If you do see me, help me out here. Um, Please come across to me, say hello. Um, You may get a completely blank look back. And if that's the case, tell me your name. And if that still doesn't work, then just tell me where and how we met. Thank you so much, and I love you. David Auckland.